Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the MMQB Gambling Podcast for Week 14 in the NFL. I am one of your co-hosts, Jimmy Trainer, joined, as always, by... Mitch Goldich and Gary Gramling as we take you through the games, give you best bets, and get you set up uh, for the uh, gambling week ahead. Just a very quick recap on last week. I know I went 4-2 and two, thanks to all the underdogs I took. Gary, how'd you do? Mm-hmm. That's what we get the underdog. Yeah, I, I went 3-2. and two. I, It devastated. It was it was this close to 4-1. and one. The Chargers were like two bounces away from a 46-45 <laughs> victory against the Patriots. So We should just uh, play back the audio from last week's Chargers-Patriots. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do stand by that take that, uh, you know, it, it, you, you can't look at team special teams and be like, oh, they're so bad. I think their special teams are just going to really blow it this week. I do stand by that. But the fact that I said it and then they went out there and immediately gave up two special <laughs> teams that John's was it was very chargers of them so and i happen to be wearing a san diego charger shirt today so uh, not just gave up the touchdowns here. but they're lining up 10 guys on on a punt to 12 guys on a punt like they couldn't figure out anything um gary you're stealing my jokes from two weeks ago about the uh falcons raiders game uh oh did 43 i 43 to 6 uh your game was even worse but the worst part is we talked to you about this and we Told you, uh, you know, you talked specifically about the coaching matchup. We said we were going to text you in the middle of the game. We all saw this one coming. That said, uh, my pick of Browns, Titans, under 53 and a half looked just as bad as your bet, uh, just as far into the game. What, what uh, was your best bet record? 
I was uh, two and two last week. The other one I lost was I uh, at the very end. I I don't want to say I let you guys talk me into it. I got a little excited and I took that uh, Seahawks minus ten against the Giants, which was a disaster. I had my two uh, road teams. I got to stick to road teams. That's my bread and butter. Mm. I went uh, two and zero oh there, but two and two for the week. I was four and two and still bummed because I I missed the over on the uh, Packer game by one point. The over I think was forty seven and it landed on forty six or it was forty eight and landed on forty seven. Then. Jets, Jaguars, Washington, Giants, all picks of mine, underdogs last week, all covered. That was nice. Um, We'll go now to week 14 and uh, see what we got cooking this week. So we all respectable. No no one had a bad week. So let's Mm. keep it rolling. We kick it off in Miami. Very interesting game here. Chiefs seven-point road favorites against the Dolphins. Total here is 50-and-a-half. Gary, kick it off. Yeah, I, I do like Miami in this one. Uh, you know, I, I was hoping maybe that line climbed a little bit more. I know everyone's kind of out on Tua right now, and I'm not big on Tua, but uh, I do think the Dolphins can can do some things against a Chiefs defense that's still kind of finding its way here. It's not like an overwhelming pass rush type of defense here. So uh, I think the Dolphins can, you know, not keep pace, but I think they can hang around in this one, keep it to a one-possession game. Uh, one trend with the Chiefs in the Mahomes era is, look, they're coming off three straight games of, of of 450 plus yards when that has happened in the past this this is the ninth time it's happened but when it's happened in the past they are 0 and 8 against the spread coming off those uh, uh those three impressive offensive games so um i do like the dolphins hanging around like i said i i, I wish that line would just climb a little bit more in the dolphins favor but uh, uh you know it is what it is i'll probably end up uh best betting this one mitch yeah, so I have said uh, for a while, it's a rule that if the Chiefs are favored by a touchdown or less, I'm going to take it more often than not. Um, that said, you look at their games, they've won four straight games by less than a touchdown, even though I know some of those the games were not as close as the scores look, um, but they either let teams back in um, or what have you. But, you know, I don't know. I, I, the Dolphins, they're winning with defense. Um, too, I mean, there are some concerns about his thumb. You've got to think that he's going to eventually get better. Um, but, you know... I'm trying to think if the Dolphins are like the profile of a team that is going to beat the Chiefs, and I feel like they are, because you've got to figure anyone that's going to beat Kansas City is going to slow them down on offense. I don't think anyone is good enough to come out and like hang with them and just outscore them. Um, But, you know, I'm thinking about this and, and the weather, and Gary, you're talking about the 450 yards and everything. It's going to be a warm weather game. Like, I just think about Patrick Mahomes when he's at his absolute best. It's like all those numbers about how incredible he is in September when the weather's nice and they're just throwing the ball all over the place. And they might get one of those days and they might have a ton of success in the in the passing game. And, you know, I do worry about the Dolphins keeping up. But I think even though I lean Chiefs, the line is a little bit too big for me to make this a best bet. Um, you know, I would pick them if you made me pick a side on this. But uh, part of the other thing, and, and we will get to this, I like a lot of games today. I'm going to go a little bit overboard. And uh, <laughs> I like enough games that I'm not, I'm going to leave this one away, uh, as you'll see later. I like, I, I shouldn't say, I lean Dolphins here. And I don't have the courage to pick against the Chiefs. But I think this is one of those games where the underdog is at home. This is probably going to be like their Super Bowl right here, even though they're trying to get in the playoffs home game against the best team in the league. They're going to be all jacked up for it. And from what I've noticed from the Chiefs over the last few weeks, I, I don't want to use the phrase they don't try because that wouldn't be accurate. But I think they get very lackadaisical. Uh, I think they know that they're so good they could go through the motions and still win. I They have things to tighten up. Drops, dumb penalties. 
Uh, I think this is you getting seven here with the Dolphins at home. I like them. They, I lean towards them, but I'm not picking against the Chiefs because I could easy, easily see you know 34-20 here as well if if the Chiefs uh, decide they want to go 100% from start to finish. Yeah, Next, I'll, I'll agree with you there, Jimmy. Like two years ago, Mahomes' first season, it felt like they were on a mission, like him like throwing for 50 touchdowns and right. all those crazy now it looks numbers. Like they're fooling around sometimes. Yeah, they're they're not doing that this year. They're not. They haven't really kept the foot on the gas pedal in the fourth quarter in some of these games where they really could have if they wanted to run up the score and the yardage totals and all that. Next game, Tennessee, seven and a half point favorites in Jacksonville. Total here is a big 52 and a half, Mitch. Yeah, Jimmy, you were all over it last week. The Jaguars, they have been hagging with everyone, and they almost uh, won that game, took it to overtime last week. Um, you know, one of the most exciting things of the week was that 10-minute uh, stretch where Trevor Lawrence's fate was hanging in the balance there. Um, this game, I didn't watch too much of it until the uh, the very end. I, I almost tweeted, uh, I kept, every every time Red Zone cut to this game, Mike Glennon was, like, making a mistake. <laughs> and I, he took a safety, and I, I almost pressed send on the tweet that, like, all right, they got to go back to Minshew next week, right? And then they're showing more and more of this game, and it's like, oh, he's kind of slinging the ball, and he made some nice throws, and he earned another start. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Uh, the Titans I felt so much better about. Uh, a week ago, and then really that first half was so discouraging against Cleveland. I don't want to make too much of them, uh, of what they did in the second half, because, you know, the game was pretty much out of hand. Um, but I don't know, this time of year, there is just such a disparity in motivation for some of these teams, and the, the Titans, they really have to win this game after what happened last week and looking at the schedule and then being tied with the Colts. And the Jaguars, you know, you can talk about tanking and if the organization wants to lose and whatever, but, like, the players on the field want to win. But they don't need it as bad as the Titans do. And, you know, I don't know. Sometimes that's, like, a wishy-washy way of breaking down a game. But but it is just true that that happens a lot. But I don't know. I think this is the kind of game that actually would have been a best bet if it was, like, a five-point spread. But with the way the Jaguars are hanging in with people, I think seven is just a little bit too much for me. Gary? Yeah, I'm not crazy about the sides. I, I I like the total here, and and it's funny. I was I was like, wow, that's, that's a high total, 52 for this game. Uh, they went 62 and 63 in their last two matchups. Now that said, uh, you know, Glennon, I don't think is the sort of backdoor cover artist that that, that Gardner Minshew might be. Although he did it, uh, he did it two weeks ago. Uh, I, I like this one being the type of game where, uh, you know, Titans have been really bad on third and long. I think they'll be fine third and long against the Jaguar. You know, I, I, I think the number's something like 9 for 26, a little, uh, a little more than 35% for uh, for Glennon on third downs this year as far as conversions. Uh, so I think the Titans don't give up points. I think they just, you know, it's it's Derrick Henry. It's a grinding run game. It's uh, a clock that keeps running. And I think this one does go under the 52. Yeah, I don't have a feel or lean. You know, seven and a half here, you would think Tennessee gets back and, and gets a win here. Do they cover? Who knows? Um, I, I don't trust Tennessee right now. There's a lot of issues there. Their defense is just really, it's a problem. Um, so it's a stay away game for me. Next game is in Tampa. Bucks coming off a bye, giving six and a half to the Vikings. Total here is 52 and a half. Gary? Yeah, I'm a, I'm staying away from this one. I mean, look, I... I, I... I think the Bucks are, are are a potential top five team in the league, and they just, uh, you know, they they show it one week and don't show it the next week. I, I do wonder if having the bye week gets them right a little bit. Now, the last team I said that again about was the Eagles, who came out of their bye week and decided they were going to be uh, significantly worse than they were beforehand. I, I don't know what they did during that week off. They never uh, maybe came a lot out of their bye week. A lot of peyote or something, and and just <laughs> forgot to practice football. But uh, I I. 
am going to stay away from this one. I would lean Bucks, uh, but this one for me is more of a, a more of a kind of litmus test to see see what the Bucks are going to be down the stretch run here. Mitch, I have to tell you, I like Minnesota here a lot. Uh, looking at this, I was surprised this line is so big. I do. I have Tampa to win the game outright. But I really, I wouldn't be that surprised if the Vikings won here. This It just feels like a game that they win a lot. It's like the Vikings, they, you know, a lot of seasons you go in and you underestimate them. And then you look up at the end of the year and they're 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven, And I think they do sometimes play down to their competition. And that's probably what we saw the last couple weeks where they beat the Panthers and the Jaguars. And both games were closer than they should have. But I do think they are kind of settling into that late season groove. Um, you know, they were... They were 1-5, and five, and then they beat the Packers, which was shocking to most people, and, and I'll admit to me too. And suddenly they've won five out of six, and I know it's mostly a soft schedule, but they're in the playoff hunt, and they're kind of like right there. Um, so, you know, looking at their last four games, they're 6-6. Six and six. They need to beat the Bears and Lions, and then they need to beat either the Bucks or the Saints to get to 9-7. and seven. And honestly, I wouldn't count them out uh, from winning one of those two games outright and getting there at 9-7 and, seven and and being a playoff team. You look at the Bucks and, and yeah, you're right, they're coming out of a bye week, but they've also lost two games in a row. Um, you know, the Rams and the Chiefs are excusable losses, but they're still losses, and it's still, it's three out of four. Uh, if you go back to that Saints debacle that we saw in prime time, I'm a little worried that, you know, you'd think they'd be healthy coming out of their bye week. There are stories that Mike Evans has a hamstring injury. Chris Godwin had pins removed. The one nice thing about the bye is we've heard less from the uh, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, uh, back and forth, who's blaming who, who's at fault kind of sideshow that has cropped up. But I just think six and a half is too much. I, it wouldn't surprise me if Minnesota won, and this could easily be a three-point, four-point game coming down the end. So I actually, I think I'm going to be best betting the Vikings here. Uh, I lean Tampa. I don't love them to pick them, but I do think Brady coming off the bye is going to put together a big game against a very, very bad defense. Um it's just a matter of covering six and a half. I would expect the Bucks to do that here. I think their offense is too good for, for the Vikings. Poor as defense. Uh, you know, Vikings lose to the Cowboys two weeks ago, struggle to beat Jacksonville last week. Now they go into Tampa, who's coming off a bye. So I like everything here from Tampa's standpoint. I just, I, there's, I don't trust them enough, though. We've, you know, they throw stinkers in there every now and again, and they can't do anything on offense. But I don't think that'll be the case. So I, I lean Tampa minus six and a half. Don't probably will not best bet it, but that's the lean there. Next game, the Cardinals go into uh, MetLife and face the Giants. Arizona, two and a half point road favorites against the Giants coming off that win in Seattle with Colt McCoy. The total here is 45, Mitch. Yeah, uh, two and a half points. I saw it at one and a half earlier, and the I'll line is moving. Check. This oh, you, no, you could be right. Um, I checked uh, this morning, so it's possible if you're you're looking at newer numbers. Um, but yeah, I made fun of. Uh, I did. I had some fun with Colt McCoy uh, last week on this show, uh, as anyone remembers. Um, I don't know. This this feels like a tricky game. These are two teams headed in totally opposite directions. Like the Giants are underdogs, but everything to me says take the Giants here. Um, you know, they've been uh, winning games. That The game last week against Seattle was one of the more stunning upsets of the season, I think. And the Cardinals, they have just faded, and they're losing games. Their offense just hasn't been the same. It, it has coincided with when Kyler Murray got hurt, whether that is the reason or whether that just uh, happened to be when teams started to figure him out. It feels like he's not rushing for as many yards, and even just the connection with DeAndre Hopkins and their offense is just, you know, I we all thought that 
the cart, maybe not all of us, Gary, uh, but many people expected them to take a leap <laughs> in the second year with uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. But when that happens, it's not always just like a leap, like week one, they're a better offense. <laughs> like you'd expect that to be gradual throughout the season. And so to me, it's been a little disappointing that they haven't done that uh, and really gotten better throughout the year. But, you know, it's just so hard. The NFL is so stupid. <laughs> like, you see, good teams have bad games and vice versa. And, you know, I, I look at this and it screams to me, take the Giants. And they're getting the points. Um, you know what? I like them. I know everything I said about Colt McCoy. But the Giants are playing well right now. And I like them getting the points at home. Gary. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit curious about this Giants defense. I mean, great of late. They hadn't played a lot of great offenses. And then, of course, last week they go out to Seattle and play a pretty good offense and, and shut them down. So I, I would back off this one. I don't have a great read on either team right now. And obviously the, the Daniel Jones factor, there's still a chance he suits up. And um, we all love Colt McCoy, and we all love saying Colt McCoy repeatedly on this podcast. But, uh, I, I, you know, Daniel Jones obviously is a big upgrade there for the Giants if he does play. So short story, I'll back off this one. I am intrigued by that total and kind of want to bet the under, but I, it's a little too low for me. I wish it was more like a 48 or something like that. Uh, 45, I'll probably stay away. Love the under. Uh, 45, I'll take under. I think the Giant defense is, is playing so well that I think they'll be able to stifle Arizona, and the Giants are just not going to put up many points with Colt McCoy. So I, I like that under 45 a lot this week. Um yeah, I mean, 48 would be nice, but I'll take under 45 and, and be more than happy with that because I think that's a uh, that's a 2017 game, 17, you know, Giants, hard to see them getting over 17 without defensive touchdowns, but um, the under there is a big play for me uh, in that one. Next game, Texans minus one in Chicago to face the Bears. The total is 45 and a half, Gary. Yeah, I'll... Uh... Ultimately, I'm going, to, I'm going to stay away from this one. I thought I'd be picking the Texans. I thought I might be best betting the Texans here. Uh, I'm going to stay away. It's, it's basically a pick them. And, you know, I always say I don't like road teams in Soldier Field. And on top of that, I mean, look, Deshaun Watson was fantastic last week. He was not being protected. On top of that, uh, he's got no receivers left. He's got Kiki Cutie, and, and I don't even know who their number two receiver is at this point. Uh, so I'll stay away. I will throw out the stat. Bears. 2-12 and 12 against the spread since the start of last year when facing teams that are allowing 5.7 or more yards per play. So basically bad defenses, Bears don't take advantage, and uh, that's just the way it is. But I, I, I'm staying away from this one with a slight Texans lead. Lean. Mitch? Mitch? Gary, that name you're looking for is uh, Chad Hansen. And how dare you not know the name of the second wide receiver who also had 100 yards for my Houston Texans? And he was week. he was in that band back in the uh, back in the 90s. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I, we should reach out to him because I bet he's never heard that joke before in his entire life. No, I'm talking think. about a uh, uh, Spinal Tap. Oh yes, ah yeah. sure, Spinal Tap, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I, listen, I like Houston here, and <laughs> I've been—I'm the last person on earth who's still going to back up Houston. But in this case, it actually says more about the Bears than it does about the Texans. I am so far off the Bears. I just want to pick against them every week. They have lost six games in a row. Last week, they gave one away to the Lions, and I just don't see how you can pick them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, Gary, I think you said this is like a pick 'em. It's a one-point game. 
the Texans are going to win this game. I feel good about it. I told you, I, I'm kind of being a madman here. I'm going to best bet like seven or eight games at the end of this show. For whatever reason, I am just all in on week 14. <laughs> I love every game on the board. I like Houston a lot here. That's uh, how I feel about both them and Chicago. I will be best betting Texans minus one. Yeah, I, I hate both these teams. I hate watching both these teams. They're gross. I have no interest in this game, so we can. Just <laughs> you hate watching there. Deshaun Watson? Come on. They're, they're just, they're not a good team. They're, I mean, he's fun. Yeah, he's, but like, I don't know. I'd rather watch probably four or five other quarterbacks over him. So uh, next game, Dallas in Cincinnati. After the embarrassment there against the Ravens, the Cowboys, though, still three and a half point favorites, thanks to no Joe Burrow, total 42 and a half, Mitch. So this, I think, is the game that I have the least interest in watching uh, of anyone on the board. Apologies to Andy Dalton uh, that I, I don't have interest in watching the Andy Dalton revenge game. I don't even know. Is it a revenge game or is it just a homecoming? I don't know how you would that's, classify that's this for one. employing me but, for eight years. Yeah, I think, yeah, he I think he can thank them. I, I don't know what uh Anyway, I don't know. I, listen, I, I picked Dallas to win straight up. It feels like the Bengals struggle to score more than 10 points a game without Burrow. They have uh, four, the last four games, they have uh, three of them, they're 10 or under, and the other one was 17, thanks to a 100-yard kickoff return. So uh, you could look at the under. I, I just think, you know, I, we all know the issues that Dallas has had, and they've lost guys, but I still think they are more talented. And... Uh, who knows? Uh, it's a total stay away from me. But if you make me pick a side, I would lean Cowboys. Gary, this game is a, I mean, a short week for for the Cowboys. They don't tackle anyone. This is what they did late last season. They just stopped tackling people. Uh, but when you look at the Bengals, are, are the Bengals going to score any points even against this defense? The Bengals, the way they've scored points the last couple of weeks, they had one legitimate drive late against the Giants. They had a kickoff return touchdown, and they had that catch and run. Uh, you know, Tyler Boyd caught a little out, turned up field, and, and ran for like a 73-yard touchdown in Miami. Uh, they... I don't know. I, I don't know how they score points, but at the same time, I don't know how the Cowboys stop them. So I, the world's going to collapse upon itself, and I, I don't know if they'll award a winner in, at that point. But uh, Cowboys, I guess you have to lean. They could I, tie. I, I the Bengals know. already tied an NFC East team this year. Do you want to you want to yeah. call another tie? Yeah, that, that they had a different quarterback then. But yeah, I'd uh, you just stay away from this one, I guess. I. I I disagree. I like the over. I think the Bengals, you know, listen, this is going to be the third game now for uh, Brandon Allen. I think, you know, he's at home against just, Gary said it, the Cowboys don't tackle. So I could see a little, you know, screen to Joe Mixon going for a touchdown here. I could see, you know, a pass down the sidelines to someone, someone gets away. The Cowboys don't tackle. Their defense is pathetic. And I think that, Dalton, though, will put up points here. I, I, you know, revenge game, no, but I think he's going to want to play well there. So I think the Cowboys will put up some points. Low total, 42.5 is as low as it gets in the NFL this year. So I like the over. We should say, I think I saw today that Joe Mixon is not going to play in this game. I don't okay, know so Bernard will catch a, a screen pass yeah. and go for it. I was going to say, <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. you could legitimately project like uh, uh, Giovanni Bernard having three 60-yard touchdowns in this game, and it would be reasonable because it's the Cowboys. They don't ta- yeah, you said it. They don't tackle. I mean, it's uh, they don't tackle, and they don't really um, – Seem to know what's going on a lot of times, <laughs> just overall. That's very so, true. Yeah. Uh, next game, Carolina, three and a half point favorites at home against the Broncos. Total 46 with the hook, Gary. 
Yeah, I uh, I do like the under in this one. Uh, I never like the Broncos on the road, and I usually stay away from that, though I would lean Broncos for sides. But uh, I do like the under in this one. Look, the Broncos' defense has played well, um, and I know there's sort of a sense of, okay, well, you know, they, they have all these banged-up corners. They're a little bit thin at cornerback, and the Panthers obviously have a strength that – uh, at wide receiver here, but I don't know if it's quite enough. And on top of that, I mean, look, the Broncos are just going to go out there and, and run the ball 30 times in this game, and I don't think the Panthers are going to be in a situation where they're blowing out Denver here. So I like this one being low scoring and uh, uh, certainly the Broncos hanging around and, and playing their style of football, which is run the ball and, and milk the clock. Mitch? I think you guys know where I'm going with this one. I made a rule a few weeks ago that I do not pick the Broncos games the rule has served me very well so far. Back to you, Jimmy. I mean, I, you have to lean Carolina here. Uh, you know, coming off a bye, still in a hunt. Um, Denver not playing for much. The, uh, I, you know, uh, I don't see how you can't lean Carolina here. But uh, would I pick it? No. So, you know. Uh, those are the 1 o'clock games. Four that should have been a lightning get... round game. That was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well, no, someone likes it. No, I, I like the under in that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there you uh, go. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Six four o'clock games this Sunday. We kick it off with the uh, Seahawks getting another New York team in their building. The Jets go across the country. Seattle minus 13 and a half. The total is 47, Mitch. Yeah, this is another one Jimmy was all over. We, uh, we had a little fun with you on all your underdogs. The Jets, they should have won the game outright last week. I mean, everyone knows the story at this point. Uh, I guess one of the big questions in this game is how will the Jets defense respond without Greg Williams being around? Uh, we talk a lot about head coaches being fired and what the result is on the team. Um, I guess a fired defensive coordinator, you'd think it might have the same impact where if he's really unpopular with the players, they might get a little bump. Um, uh, and maybe not just unpopular, but uh, the kind of guy who would dial up a zero blitz in that situation isn't around to do that anymore. So maybe they'll have uh, slightly more sensible play calling. Um, the other fun thing to watch in this game is going to be Jamal Adams, by the way. And this one, I think, does qualify as a revenge game. And it feels like they're going to do all kinds of stuff with him. Uh, I feel like he desperately wants to have a sack at some point in this game and possibly two of them and might not leave the field until he does that. And I wouldn't bet against him doing that. Um, but you know, (laughs) the Jets at some point, it's like, how deflated and tired are they of hearing about everything? You know, 0-16 is a real possibility and not just because they're bad and they're 0-12 already, but you look at their schedule and they've got at Seattle, at the Rams, against the Browns, and then at the Patriots, which would be a very fun game if they are 0-15 and Bill Belichick has a chance to, uh, finish off the 0-16 season. All that said, and you guys know that I am high on Seattle frequently, I just think that line is too high. They have not won a game by 14 points all year, and they haven't won a game by more than 10 since week one. I know they haven't played a team as bad as the Jets, but that still is a little troubling. They just have not been that team to come in and just blow somebody out. Last week, I bet Seattle to cover minus 10, and we saw how that one ended, so it would be very fitting for me to lose this one. Uh, I think in either direction, it's like I'm a little scared to pick anything, but... I just don't see how you can pick Seattle to uh, to win a game by two touchdowns right now. So getting 13 and a half, the Jets, they they hung in last week, uh, not just hung in, had a lead most of the way. I think they can play at least uh, at least keep it to 10, 12 points here this week. I like the Jets. Gary. No, I think the I think the number's a little too big. I do like the over in this one. I do think there's a a game where I mean look, if you're Seattle and you've had these sort of this sort of bumpy couple of weeks offensively. 
just go out there. I mean, they just don't have cornerbacks who can cover your receivers. Just go out there, throw it a ton, uh, see what happens. I, I know they've had protection issues. I know Russ is uh, kind of struggling to uh, uh, to see things right now, but I can't think the Jets are going to be able to do anything particularly complicated uh, after firing their, their defensive coordinator going to this one. So I think Seattle puts up points. I think the Jets go out there and throw it around and, and, tr- and open things up for Sam Darnold. He probably throws like... Uh, I don't know, three touchdowns and six interceptions, and, and we get a game that ends up being like, uh, you know, 35-25 or, or, or something like that. But um, And I will answer your question, uh, Mitch. You know what Jamal Adams is going to do in this game? He's going to blitz a lot because he cannot cover anyone. Woo. Spicy. <laughs> well, if he gets yeah, two sacks, I, that's uh... – he will but... end up with eight sacks and he'll <laughs> give up three touchdowns in coverage, and that's a Jamal Adams week. I don't think Jamal Adams will be a uh, difference maker in this one. I like Seattle a lot. You're laying less than two touchdowns. Russell Wilson hasn't played well for about six weeks. There's not going to be a more perfect remedy than the Jets with no secondary coming in. The Jets had their chance for their one win last week. I thought that was going to be a chance where they could get the W. Obviously, everyone knows what happened. Now they go across the country, I think, demoralized. And um, just from a talent standpoint here, you know, Seattle losing last week to the Giants. Everything here points to Seattle. Usually when that happens, it doesn't work that way. But I'll be the sucker and lay the 13 and a half because, to me, all the signs point to – I can't find one reason how the Jets cover. The only way the Jets cover here is if Seattle gets up by, you know, 21 – Late back door, two-point conversion, something like that. Next game, the Colts go into Vegas, where those Raiders beat the Jets last week. Colts minus three, total 51. Gary? Uh, yeah, this one's a stay away from me. I mean, look, the only thing I'll say is the Raiders are a team uh, that will just kind of hang around with everyone. I think their games from here on in, uh, like they have for most of the season, they're going to come down to like one or two plays one way or another. Uh, they don't force turnovers, and they it, that one game in Atlanta where they just completely melted down, uh, they, they really don't turn the ball over. So, you know, it's a Colts team that sort of wants to play in a somewhat similar manner where you run a lot and you, you win with defense. Uh, I think it's just two sort of conservative teams going at each other, and I think it's the kind of game that, uh, you know, if the Colts are better. I, I think the Colts are a much better team, but uh, I think this is one that, you know, kind of like what you saw on, uh, I, I don't know what day of the week that was now. Was it Monday or Tuesday when Washington upset Pittsburgh? It was uh, Wednesday. Yeah. It's, and it was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> it was beautiful. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, like that type of game is a game where it comes down to basically three fourth and one plays and the Washington gets one Pittsburgh misses two and, and that's how the game swings. So I think it's that type of game here. And, and that's why I kind of stay away from that one. Mitch? Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be a little brief on this one. I, I like the Colts here. Um, they are healthier on defense, and I think that's been a recipe for them all year. They've had stretches where they've been missing guys, uh, most notably in that Titans game, and that's been a problem. But when they're at full strength, and I talk about Darius Leonard a lot because uh, they missed him for a chunk uh, in the early, middle-ish part of the season, uh, when they're at full strength, they're a very good defensive team, and that's what they need. Um, and I think that's how they're going to win games. I, you know, I still think that the Titans are better than them in the AFC South, but, uh, you know, we will see how it plays out. I think the Colts are good enough to beat struggling and bad teams and the Raiders. It's just really hard to know what version of them is going to show up. We all know the story with them. You know, they played the chiefs really tough twice. They beat them once and the last two weeks, they just haven't been that good. So I think this one, I like the Colts, but not enough to make it a best bet. Uh, so it's more of a stay away. I love the Colts. Probably love them more than any game on the board this week. I, you know, listen, we come in with numbers and, and you try to analyze moods and cross country, early start time, this, that, you know, and, so, and sometimes it's just, well, what's the better team? The Colts are the better team. It's, it's, that's not debatable. 
Colts last four games, they've scored 26, 26, 34, 34. Raiders last three games have given up 28, 43, 35. I, I love the Colts here. I think they get an easy win, minus three. Um, that's going to be my big bet of the week. Next game, Green... Uh, actually, we're going to skip that. We'll go to the lightning round for that one. The next game is uh, the Saints giving six and a half in Philly. Obviously, Hurts in for Wentz. Total 44, Mitch. Yeah, it's, uh, Taysom Hill looks likely to start. So this will be his fourth NFL start and the second time that he is the more experienced quarterback uh, of, in the QB matchup. I will say, and I say this a lot, I have rooted for the Philadelphia Eagles my entire life. You absolutely have to like the Saints here. <laughs> the Eagles are such a mess for many reasons we have discussed, and I don't even, you know, I'm numb to saying it and explaining it. Uh, you know, I'm like, I can't even feel any feelings about them at this point. The Saints, they've been beating teams by double digits uh, for the most part several times. Last week was a close game, but we talked about that ahead of time. It's, you know, it's a weird situation. You're playing a division opponent for the second time in three weeks. Those things happen. They held on at the end for a five-point win. So that doesn't worry me too much about the Saints and how they're playing right now. But, you know, I, I just have no confidence in the Eagles. And they're switching to Jalen Hurts. At this point, given how Carson Wentz played, it's impossible to say if that's going to help or not. Doug Peterson said he's looking for a spark, which is the thing that every coach ever has said when he benches the uh, starter for the backup. They're looking for the spark. Uh, I don't know if that's actually going to happen. They still are going to have a lot of the same problems. The offensive line is hurt and in shambles. The receivers haven't been good enough. The team doesn't run the ball. Uh, you know, and you look at their point totals last few weeks. Last week, they had 16 because of a punt return touchdown. The week before that, they got to 17 because of a Hail Mary and a two-point conversion at the end of the game. So in many ways, the Eagles have actually been worse than some of the numbers suggest, which is part of the reason for the switch. So, you know, is Jalen Hurts going to suddenly catch the Saints by surprise? I don't, you know, I don't know how you could have confidence in that. I, I like the Saints here. Uh, I'm actually a little surprised it's only a touchdown, given the way these teams have been trending. So I will, uh, I think for the second time in three weeks, be best betting against my Eagles. Gary. Yeah, uh, limited quarterback in Jalen Hurts at this point in his career. So, you know, Carson Wa Carson Wentz was a huge problem, but you know what else was a huge problem? Everything else in the Eagles offense. So dropping Jalen Hurts in there, I, it, it's just, I don't see how it possibly works. Uh, and and I, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope Jalen Hurts is great, but I, I don't <laughs> think he's going to be. So I like the Saints here, and I will point out, I, I don't think this is an edge anymore. I think everyone's sort of used to this at this point. But uh, last two years, when Breeze has been on the lineup, it was Bridgewater last year, it's Taysom Hill this year, 8 no straight up 8-0 against the spread so uh my hearty congratulations to sean I mean, that's an unbelievable stat yeah 8-0 the last two years against the spread without breeze mm -hmm. wow that's a good nugget right there I, I you know for me it's a stay away i don't like playing these games when there's a new quarterback who i haven't seen uh, you know we saw a little bit obviously last week against the packers i want to see what jalen hurts does here you know, it's so tempting because you're giving less the line six and a half. You're giving less than a touchdown. You think the Saints get that done. Um, but I, I, I tend to stay away from games where I, I got to see a quarterback play before I'm going to decide what I'm going to do with, with my wagers. The next game, Washington in San Fran, Niners minus three, total 43 and a half. Gary. Uh, look, I like the 49ers. Uh, I, I, I just... I guess I can't keep on picking against Washington because, I mean, this this whole approach of 
uh, we're going to stand in place and wait until you make a make a series of mistakes, and you know we'll end up making the one or two plays while you miss your one or two, one or two plays, and we'll win games that way. Uh, it's it's working. Uh, I I think it's a, an absurd way to play football in 2020, but it's working. So uh, I I can't argue against it. Logically, the 49ers are the pick here, but uh, nothing has been logical about this uh, football team run for. I mean, the team that has no name in in. What? What is this? I, I'm looking at right now, by the way, at DraftKings. That line is now up to three and a half, by the way. It mm-hmm. is Washington, excuse me, San Fran minus three and a half. Mitch. Yeah, so uh, listen, I, I was all over what happened to the 49ers last week. Uh, I knew they were not going to beat the Bills, and then Josh Allen looked very good. And, and I've been relatively low on the Bills, um, but then they won that game pretty easily, pulling away. Um now, the 49ers, I give a ton of credit to Kyle Shanahan and the whole coaching staff. I think they've done a really impressive job given how many players have been out and missed a lot of time and how good those players were that they've lost. But they really have been inconsistent. They've had a couple of those games that you look at them and they're like, wow, you know, give it up. Claps for Kyle Shanahan, the you know season sweep of the Rams, the win over the Patriots. You know, they've had some good games, but they have been inconsistent. They haven't done that every week. And that's not, I'm not like ripping them for being a fraud team or inconsistent. It's just really hard to do that uh, given all of the issues that they've had. I mean, they're five and seven right now. And I think given all the injuries they've had, if they were three and nine, a lot of people would just wave it away and say, oh, you know, Super Bowl hangover injuries, these things happen. It's a wasted season. They're still going to be good next year. But, I, you know, I give them credit. But I, <laughs> listen, uh, they've had plenty of games where you thought they were going to do well. That uh, Dolphins game stands out in particular. The Eagles game in prime time. Those are a little bit earlier in the season. Um, but I look at this and I love Washington getting three and a half. Um, they are, so the Niners, remember, they're in, it's not in San Francisco. They are in Arizona and it's their second game there, their quote-unquote home game in Arizona. I don't know if that helps them because they're, like, settled in or whatever, or if maybe that's worse because they've been on the road and they're going to continue to be on the road for much longer. Um, both of these teams are on short week, short weeks, and uh, I will say Washington, they traveled for both of those games. So that is, you would think, an edge for the 49ers because at least they're not on a plane every other day like Washington has been uh, for these back-to-back road games on short weeks. But I just think that's a... Big half a point here. We all saw what Washington did uh, being the first team to beat the Steelers. And their defense is playing really well. And I think, uh, you know, they're showing that they can travel. And you look at them, they are, uh, Washington has allowed the third fewest points in the NFC. And they're trending up. Um, you know, they are the only team in the NFC East that has a positive point differential, even though they're five and seven. And I just think they deserve a little more respect than to be three and a half point underdogs on what's essentially a neutral field against a team that uh, hasn't hasn't played better than them over the last uh, month, the last six weeks or whatever. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they win this game outright. And to get three and a half points, I'm all over it. Gary. I already did this one. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm done oh, talking about the football team. I got, I, yeah. You, uh, J- Jimmy, Jimmy, I got to say, this is like our third year doing the show. That's the first time you've done that. Oh, really? Yeah. That's I'm pretty surprised. impressive. I usually mess up. Um, I like the under in this game a ton. I think that Washington defense is uh, for real. I don't think Nick Mullins is going to put up a ton of points. And obviously the Niner defense, I think, against Alex Smith is a great matchup. So 43.5 is a low total this year, but I like that under a lot. Next game, the Falcons go into 
L.A. to play the Chargers. Probably the two weirdest teams in the NFL. So God only knows what's going to happen in this. <laughs> this, 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 game could, so this could be. This is this is like the only game you'd look at and yeah. say like I could see this being 40, 40 to three Falcons, or I could see it being forty to three Chargers. This this game should come with like an NSFW warning on it because God only knows what's going to take place. Falcons two and a half point favorites, total forty nine and a half. Somehow, you know, the Falcons lost their coach. Somehow, the Chargers still have their coach, and and nothing short of a miracle. I don't bet Chargers game, so I have nothing to say. So we'll just go right to Mitch on this one. I am looking at my notes. I prepare notes for each game going into the show. First thing I wrote down, Jimmy's going to love this game. <laughs> I just knew this. I know how you feel about the Chargers, and I knew you were going to be all over this one. Um, I, I go Falcons here. Um, another one of these games that I love. Uh, just I'm just not going to be scared off by these road teams favored by less than a field goal when I think they're the better team and I think they're going to win. Um, the Chargers, they, you know, last week is just such a low point. That is, that's the kind of game where teams do fire the coach afterward. And the fact that they didn't is, you know, and I get it. All the, you know, every other every article you read or podcast you listen to, they talk about Anthony Lynn and they they start with the big windup of I I love Anthony Lynn as a person and a man and he's great. However, I think they need to fire him and and I think you know it's it's legitimate and it's how people feel about him that everyone feels it's necessary to give that preamble but I mean we all know that he's going to be out at the end of the year and it was a little surprising that they didn't just fire him right then and there because that was such a disaster I just I don't know how they come back from that and the Falcons you're right they are playing better under Raheem Morris and they've won three out of their last five and both of those losses are against the Saints so you know again New Orleans is a very good team I don't want to make too much uh of those losses it's you know division opponent and they kept the second game close so the Falcons, let's remember that uh, how well they've been. And I think they are kind of a little bit sneaky. You know, a month ago we were talking about them as being so improved. And then just because they lost to the Saints a couple of times uh, doesn't mean they necessarily haven't. And the Chargers, they just lose every week. Um, you know, I think possibly, I don't know what the line would be if this game was a week ago and we didn't see that Chargers game. But I just think the Falcons being uh, favored by less than a field goal here, I think they're going to win the game. So I think you have to take the bet at minus two and a half. Gary. Uh, I look. I, I'm I'm backing away from this one entirely. I certainly have to do that after last week. Uh, but I, I do want to. I, I, you know, I'm going to take this opportunity to give a, a quick shout out to Mitch Goldich here. Um, he's been talking to the road teams all year. He's doing that before the season started. So this isn't like a Johnny Cavalli type thing. But uh, road teams 95, 96, and one on the year, which uh, yeah. obviously you you don't usually see a, a such an even split like that. So there has been a big advantage for the road teams in in 2020. Yeah, yeah, it's well, been you know, my it's been my strategy for like five years, <laughs> and then this year it finally uh, they're they're winning games outright. I don't know how it happened, and, and maybe my record should Here's be how better. It happened. You don't have fans threatening <laughs> yeah. your life for three and a half hours and <laughs> distracting you while you're playing. That's how it happened. Yeah, it would make sense in this year with no fans in the stands. Next game is the Sunday night game. It's a great one. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Bills two point favorites. Total forty eight. Gary. Yeah, it is a uh, great one, and it, it breaks my heart anytime I have to pick against the Bills, but I really do like the Steelers in this one. Uh, I'm glad the Steelers lost. I, I think getting that uh, sort of undefeated sheen off of them makes everyone look at them a little more objectively. I, I mean, quite frankly, every time I did the power rankings, I had the, the Steelers at like six, and just got any day with, oh, they're undefeated. Just like, yeah, but they're like the sixth best team in football, so it, it doesn't matter what their record is. <laughs> um, but they are, <laughs> look, at the 
they're a little better than the Bills. Uh, this isn't like a huge mismatch or anything, and like we just talked about, the road teams are are uh, are hanging on okay this year. Uh, the one really interesting thing here is, and obviously we're too far out to really uh, look at a forecast or see what's going to happen. Josh Allen has not been great in these weather games this year. You, you remember he played poorly in the rain against the Chiefs, uh, and Allen has been quite good against pressure this year, but he hasn't been pressured very much. The Steelers are going to pressure him a ton, so he's going to be under pressure. Maybe it's a weather game, uh, but regardless of that, I think the Steelers get a lot of pressure on him, and we'll see if that sort of frowns him a little bit. Looks like no Joe Hayden possibly in this one, so that, that makes things a little bit tougher for the Steelers to match up with a, a good group of Bills receivers here, but I think this might be... A, a, Doing the math, you never know what Josh Allen is going to do week to week, but doing the math, I think this might be an off week for Josh Allen, and I think this one is one where the Steelers go up and uh, and steal a game. Mitch? Yeah, Gary, I agree with a lot of what you said about the Steelers, and I think that oftentimes is a good thing. I mean, it's so so stupid we're sitting here psychoanalyzing these football players, but we do it every year where a lot of times, uh, you know, a team finally loses and the pressure of being undefeated is released, and then it's like everyone can breathe again and play. Like, Mike Tomlin seemed, to like, seemed like he was pissed off and, like, annoyed to be undefeated because uh, he wanted to rip into his team and talk about all the areas they had to improve, and I guess now he can finally do that. Uh, this this is a great game. I'm very excited to watch this on Sunday Night Football. It's a stay away from me here. Um, and I think, actually, I feel the same way about Sunday night and Monday night. Uh, spoiler alert. Two good games that I'm excited to watch, but they're close. I could see either team winning. If you made me pick, I would lean Steelers, but I'm happy to just leave this one alone. Love the Bills here. Um, first of all, most importantly, the game will be called by Mike Tirico, who's on the SI Media podcast this week. But also, <laughs> you know, Gary mentioned no Joe Hayden. They lost Bud Dupree the week before. So I, where I agree with Gary that, you know, listen, you hold your breath a little bit with Josh Allen putting back-to-back great games together. The Steelers defense is depleted there in the secondary. Steelers have not played well for weeks. Going back to that game against the Cowboys, a um, couple of other games in there where they were not on top of their game. And the Bills, I think, you know, even with no fans, a Monday night in that place, uh, I and you're laying less than a field goal with the home team. I know we've gone through where home road is not as significant this year, but I think Buffalo uh, coming home, you know, Steelers had that wacky week playing on a Wednesday. Um, I uh, uh, Tuesday, I should say, I guess was, was this week. Um, <laughs> It's impossible to remember. Yeah, now. yeah. I, I I think with Dupree and Hayden out there, laying less than a field goal to me, it's a it's a really strong play on the Bills. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Monday night, Browns, two-point favorites against the Ravens. Talking about teams who have had crazy scheduling. Total 47, Mitch. Yeah, so I already uh, teased it ahead of time. I'm not going to have anything on this game, but I'm excited to watch it. I'm a lot more excited to watch this game than I was a week ago. Um, you know, the Ra- I know it was just Dallas, but I-, I liked what I saw from the Ravens, just seeing them back on the field, seeing Lamar Jackson healthy, seeing them play Raven-style football. I think that was a great get-right game for them. And the Browns, obviously, you can't say enough about what they did in the first half against the Titans. 
Um, you know, it, it's tempting. I'm tempted to take the Ravens here, thinking that the Browns can't do that every week, but I just I don't feel strongly enough to best bet it. This is honestly, I, more than anything, I'm just excited to watch this game uh, on Monday night. The fantasy football playoffs are here. Matchups are going to be coming down to the wire. I don't need any gambling on top of that. Uh, let those uh, let let this game sort those out. Uh, should be a fun one to watch. But but no lane. It's a real toss up for me here. Yeah. I like the Ravens a lot, and and look, I, I've sort of downplayed the Browns all year, and 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 I'm I'm sorry uh, for that for the folks in Northeast Cleveland. But uh, a couple of things: the Ravens do still generate a lot of pressure. Baker's splits pressure versus non-pressure that they're enormous. I mean, he is uh, he has been terrible when pressured this year. Uh, look, for the Browns, it comes down to uh, are they going to get a lead early and, and be able to do all that bootleg play action stuff and, and sort of open up the game that way? Uh, that's their that's their path to winning this one. If that doesn't happen, and I think at the very least these are, I think I'd be very generous to say these are even teams. Uh, I, I do think the Ravens are better than the Browns, uh, but you know, it has to be that scenario last week where, you know, Brown's got a bunch of turnover. They got a fourth down stop. They got a turnover. Uh, they put up a couple touchdowns early. I just don't think that happens against this Ravens defense. And uh, look, Ravens have dominated them in, in two straight matchups here. I, I do think Baltimore goes out there and wins this game. Yeah, you know, it's a stay away for me because the Browns are one of those teams I just I haven't been able to get a feel for all year. If I'm on them, they lose. If I'm not on them, they win. Um, you know, who would have who's who thought they'd come out last week in Tennessee and do what they did? I can't get a read on the Browns, so I got to stay away from the game. Um, and you know, even the total, it's hard for me to, you know, I'd go over, I'd lean over on that forty-seven, but then you know, the Browns come out and give you one of these games where they're going to run every down and the clock's going, so it's a stay away from me. The last game, the only game we haven't talked about, it's a lightning round game. We none of us really love the game. Is Green Bay minus seven and a half? Uh, at Detroit, the total is. <laughs> I didn't even think we needed it, it since it's one game, but I'm glad we got the sound <laughs> in. Uh, Green Bay minus seven and a half, total fifty-five. I just, you know, listen. Obviously, you think Packers here, but Green Bay and Detroit always seems like weird things happen, and you know, so for me, it's a stay away. Um, let's go to Gary on that one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, look that that Lions game. Uh, they, they beat the Bears with Matthew Stafford, sort of put them on their back a little bit and, and getting some breaks there. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of times I'd say, boy, you know, familiar opponent opponent coming into Detroit, even the, in the Matt Patricia years, uh, they held up well enough defensively. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's the guy who's calling your defense is gone. You're not very talented on that side of the ball. Anyway, uh, I'm not sure they get a lot of stops in this game. Uh, so I, I kind of like the over, but that's also that's just too high in the mid-50s. So I, I'd back off this one altogether. And and look, that's why it's in the lightning round. Highest total of the week, 55, Mitch. Yeah, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Eileen <laughs> uh, Packers here, um, you know, they did – the Lions did finally get a win after they got rid of Matt Patricia, um, which was kind of the expected uh, post-coach firing bump. Um, I don't think that's going to happen again uh, two weeks in a row against this Packers team. You know, you look back and and the win in week two, a long time ago for both these teams, so that was a comfortable win, and you would think the Packers can do that again. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, I think everyone's got the same read on this, right? Ever, we all like the Packers. It's just that the line's a little bit too big to take. And that's probably the reason it's, uh, it's in this round that it is. All right. That, uh, wraps up the, uh, analysis for the board. We will now go to our best bets segment. All righty. 
Good sound effect. Best bets. We did okay last week. Let's see if we can uh, get some wins here in week 14 for the listeners. Mitch, kick us off. All right. Well, if you start with me, uh, we're going to be here all day. I told you, I don't know what got into me. I, I just, I love the board. I hope my enthusiasm came through talking about all these games. I have seven best bets, which is a uh, season record for me. Whew, let's do it. Six. I don't think anyone's ever had seven. It's a, it's a <laughs> podcast record. Someone might have done it last season. We're going to have to look. We have a. Well, this a, year. I'm talking about for 20, this year. Yeah, no one did it this year. I, I'm going to look. Yeah. Uh, while, while you guys are going, uh, we have the 2019 tab in the Google Doc here. Seven teams, six of them are on the road. Uh, I just double checked all the numbers because we had a few that uh, there was a little discrepancy we talked about, but I'm going to get that uh, two and a half points uh, for the Giants there. So I'll start there. Giants plus two and a half, my only home team playing Arizona. And then my road teams, I've got Minnesota plus six and a half in Tampa. Houston minus one in Chicago. The Jets to cover their plus 13 and a half at Seattle. Saints minus six and a half in Philly. The football team, plus three and a half at San Francisco, although that game is really in Arizona, as we know. And then the Falcons, minus two and a half at the Chargers. Gary? Uh, I got six. Jimmy, correct me on the lines uh, when I get to the end here if I I screwed up any. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers, plus two and a half at Buffalo. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Two, two. Plus two. Don't get greedy. Two. Oh. I'll still take him plus two at Buffalo. Uh, win that game outright, actually. Uh, Dolphins plus seven uh, versus Kansas City. Ravens minus two at Cleveland. Correct. Uh, Titans. No, 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 no. It's Cleveland minus two. Now, oh, you, even, now you're screwing yourself. Even you're better points. Yeah. Oh, I just wrote it down wrong. Sorry. There you that, go. That, yeah. that makes a whole lot more sense. Get it together. Uh, oh my goodness, this is a mess. <laughs> uh, you look, it's, it's back to the full schedule, and I just can't. Uh, both, I don't have, you have, I don't have the same to deal with it. You have Baltimore plus two. Baltimore plus two. And then my, my three totals, uh, Titans-Jaguars under 52, Panthers and— 52 and a half. Mm, You'll need that go. up possibly. Panthers-Broncos <laughs> under 46 and a half. Correct. Jets-Seahawks over 47 and a half. What terrible nope, podcast. 47. There you go. That's terrible podcasting. Just terrible. Yeah. Oh, that was That's brutal. Okay. Sorry, and, guys. Uh, I can report back. As longtime loyal listeners of the show may remember— Jimmy Trana himself had seven best bets in week 17 of 2019. <laughs> Jimmy, I don't know if you remember. You want to guess uh, what your record was last no, year, nobody, week 17? No, nobody cares. Four that was three. Des- that yeah. was desperation right we there. Four, four and three. Not bad. Here we go. I'm worried about this year. I got five for you here <laughs> this week. Under 45, Cardinals, Giants. Colts minus three. Bills minus two. little head-to-head with Gary. Always like that. Over 42 and a half Cowboys, <laughs> Bengals, and the Seahawks turn it around with the Jets and cover 13 and a half points. So that is a busy week 14. Good luck to everybody out there. We'll be back next week for week 15. We got the Saturday game starting next week. So uh, it's all uh, coming together as the season winds down. Be careful out there with the wages this time of year. Stay on top of the injuries, who's playing, who's not playing. It's very important as we get late in the season. All right, good luck with your wagers this week. We'll see you next week right here on the MMQB Gambling Podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.